Welcome to the Lakeland Sports Guys, a podcast that talks about the schools in and around the Lakelands, not only the high schools, but the colleges as well. And we're not just talking football. We're going to talk some cross country today. We've got some interesting news with that. We're going to talk about signing day. The early period has come. Uh, we've got a couple of uh, folks that have gone ahead and signed on the dotted line. We'll tell you where they are going to and where they're from as well. So we got that to add to it. And NIL, we'll probably start there to tell you the truth because uh, we had a fantastic visit um, from a young lady named Chase Belt out of Everett Sports Marketing. She's an NIL rep for the Gamecocks and got a chance to speak with her uh, at the Greenwood Touchdown Club this past Monday night to go along with it. Some good food there too as well. So uh, all that and much, much more. Got Chris Cox here with me, the coach Dan Spivey as well. We're at Howard's on Main in Uptown Greenwood. We invite you to come on by. Enjoy the great specials that they have, the weekly specials, as well as the happy hour B-Rads is in the house working hard, trying to get everything ready. He's got uh, all the ice already delivered. I think I saw the ice bucket make its way through here. And um, not to mention, he just brought in a whole bunch of new cold beer. So he's good and ready to go. Ready, ready? Yep. All right. Well, let's start with uh, the NIL issue because Chase Belt, she was wonderful at the Greenwood Touchdown Club this past Monday night. She's with Everett Sports Marketing, um, who is an NIL representative for the uh, University of South Carolina Gamecocks. And and she enlightened us um, on just what NIL truly is. Um, I mean, we have our visions of just total chaos and money in the back of a house somewhere in the basement, you know, (laughs) behind the wall, secret wall that's being transferred. And there is some of that with the collection she said, but for the most part, NIL is is strictly different than that. It, it has to do with strictly that individual player. It doesn't have to do with the whole collective. Correct. And I think collective is where I've been off base. <laughs> Let's just say it like <laughs> well, that. Well, the, the one thing I like, and I was concerned going to the meeting that, you know, we're going to get this lady down here, and it's just going to be boring, legalese, you know, and we're not going to learn anything. But what she did, you know, she came in a brief overview of who she was. You know, she graduated from the University of Alabama, lives in downtown Greenville, and works for, I think she works for Park Avenue. Don't right, Park Avenue, which, which is, is the subsidiary of the NFL. And, and, and she <laughs> said, and now, and then, now, and then she says, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you all the basic difference between NIL and collective, and then we're just going to open it up for questions. Or we'll be here all night. And <laughs> we just about and that's, what, all night. <laughs> and that's what she did and you know and once she described the differences and basically short lamest terms, a collective is just a bunch of boosters that throw a lot of money in the pot for the school to give to the student athletes. The NIL is one athlete getting together with somebody like her who is a branding agent, so for lack of better words. And she goes out here and says, okay, Nike, I got Brock Bowers over here. You want him? This is what it's going to cost you. And they say, okay, we'll take him and sign the checks. So it's all individual. Now, she did tell us that she did get an NIL deal. And this is where I didn't realize you could do it. But that she got an NIL deal for the whole Carolina baseball team from a shoe company. So everybody on the team, now it might not be a big guy. She never would tell us figures mm-hmm. as far as money goes. But for every player on that team to get an NIL deal with a shoe company is a big deal. I mean, they got everybody, it don't matter who you are, from a freshman to a seven-year senior. We've seen some of those lately. 
you know, whether you're a starter or a bench warmer, you you get the same amount of money that everybody else gets. So I thought that was interesting, but she did a, a fantastic job. I wish more people in the Greenwood sports would have been there. She even delved into a little bit of the high school NIL. And what's coming. And, that, and what's that's, coming. That's and interesting in that it, it – it's mainly going to be strictly just kind of more or less a a, like a sponsorship. Sponsorship. Yeah. And she said she's only she knows of one right now, and it's some kid coming out of Georgia that's going to Clemson, but that his NIL deal with this whoever it's with, the day he graduates, that contract's null and void. It will not follow him anywhere. It's just here and now. Be ready. Name that linebacker that's coming to Clemson. Sammy Brown. <laughs> so even B-Rat wasn't paying attention to you. NIL, Georgia, and then Clemson. <laughs> but, you know, and, you know, of course, in South Carolina, the legislature still hadn't made a ruling on it. But um, I did hear that there were, out of the 50 states, 39 have already some kind of something for high school NIL. So, We'll see where that goes. But uh, it was very, very informative to me. Uh, you know, I just wish more people in the Greenwood area had gotten out and and heard it and asked the questions that they have on their minds. We ask our questions. Tom, yours you know. is the one that was really a good question. Cause I, like that. Go ahead, Dylan. Yeah. <laughs> well, you got all that TV money that's yeah. out there, and you got uh, all of these conferences that are fighting over this TV money and wanting to get more, so on and so forth. And I basically asked her, I said, at what point does NIL go after the TV money in order to yeah. get those athlete, you know, athletes, uh, mm -hmm. that part of the uh, name image likeness mm -hmm. to go along with it? And she said, well, we won't do that. That's part of the agreement with the universities mm -hmm. uh, as of right now they've got to do, and with us as well as an NIL, they've yeah. got to do so many interviews with so many uh, media members, so on and so forth. Yeah. So, you know, that's already worked in to all of that. So they're not getting any money. They're not going to go in after any money mm -hmm. for the uh, the TV market mon money that's there. And, you know, I was more worried about the fact that if we wouldn't be able to interview athletes anymore. Yeah, you right. Know, that was my big thing. Without having to pay them. Without paying them, yeah. But, and then uh, the one thing that I asked her was, uh, and I'd heard through the grapevine that, and this may have been with the collective more so than an NIL deal, but at the university, and this is just at the University of South Carolina, and she confirmed that she didn't know about any other university except for South Carolina, that when, when one of those players signs that paper, it's, there's a three parts to it. You get X number of dollars, X number of dollars goes back to the school, and X number of dollars goes to the community, and which I thought that was okay. I'd heard that, but I wasn't positive, and she said yes. At the University of South Carolina, that's what happens. So that's why you see these players going into the elementary schools and reading or going out to the car dealership and sitting there and signing posters and <laughs> different things. But that's, you know, uh, I was glad to see that. I was glad to hear that. But uh, And she did tell us that uh, the highest paid that she knew of Arch Manning going for recruiting, <laughs> yeah. just a recruiting visit. The University of Texas played Arch Manning a quarter of a million dollars just to come for a visit. 
250, they stroked him a check for $250,000 just for coming out there and saying, well, I'll look at your program. Yeah, allegedly, that's where she Allegedly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but here again, you know, she's going to know more than. Oh, yeah, she knows uh, more than we do. It, it might have been alleged, but the way she said it. Yep, it's, it was true. What you heard was true. Well, and, and she also said that Arch was probably the highest, highest paid, paid in the NIL yeah. mm-hmm. in that regard. And you got to think that Brock Bowers is right there behind right. him. Right. Well, she said y'all don't have to worry about Brock. <laughs> he's got enough money. He's He's got enough NIL money that he actually turned down or told the Georgia Collective to take his part of the collective money and give it to his teammates mm-hmm. because he was making – Way more than that. Way more over on the NIL side. Six figures side. is what she said. Yeah. So. And she didn't say low, high, or what, but we all figured it was way up in the sixes. It wasn't just barely over. Yeah. Just by the way she said it. Yeah, but it was definitely an informative, informative meeting. And uh, right. I, got a new, I got a new idea of what NIL is all about uh, mm-hmm. as opposed to uh, – what I was thinking and what the media knew. Well, I mean, the media really and, and has blown too, it out of portion. And the other thing that she said, and she looked right at the athletes when she said this, look, guys, don't just start signing contracts. Somebody says you, they'll pay you $25 per trading card, and they send you 5000 and you sign every one of them and send them back to them, they send you a big check. That's good. But you need to read the contract because she saw one contract where a player had signed it. This company owned him forever. Had his name, image, and likeness. They could use it from now to the day he died and then some if they Mm -hmm. could make money off of it. You don't want that in your contract. Just be careful what you do. Right. If you need information, you know, we can provide you. The coaches can't tell you nothing. And she said that. The coaches can't sit and talk with you about money or anything. That's against the rules. But we can. That's what I was going to say. She said they could. (laughs) And they're kind of an educational, not only. But if you just, you may be a a two-star. And you just need to, some education on just like what we got Monday night. Education. How does the NIL work? What's the collective? What's the differences? What's my, you know, what can you do for me? What can this one do for me? She said, call. Yeah, it's fun because all the uh, athletes, too, went up there and saw her after yeah, and got her and card. They, and they were, she was handing out cards left <laughs> and right. That was the parents. That was the mom's in the day. Well, and, and, and I was there when one of the mothers yeah. woke, walked up, and she said, look, we're confused. We, You know, my son's being heavily recruited. And, I mean, heavily recruited. And all this is going to come up. And we don't know what to ask. We don't know. We have – not a clue, and the girl handed a card, called me, <laughs> and we will sit down. Walk it over. But, yep. yeah, I, I thank Chase for coming out. Um, I look forward to next year maybe having her, having back, her back to find out what changes are made. Is the collective, or, you know, is it down a down year for next year or not? So we'll find out a little bit more as yeah. that comes around. Um, uh, South Carolina High School League met, guys, uh, this past Tuesday. <laughs> Again, talking about competitive fairness and the balance committee is out there and uh, what they're going over. Here's some of the things that they're looking at, Chris, and I, I know you're going to like this. Um, these are some of the, the, the 
different plans, I guess, that are out there. One is the out-of-zone multiplier, which they take the 45-day enrollment. Uh, that's grades 9 through 12. All right. Um, uh, from largest to smallest, and the league uh, staff would add a multiplier of three to each student that lives outside of the school's assigned attendance zone. Yeah. Okay. Um, there's also the competitive balance factor where uh, each school's playoff and championship success prior two years um, is taken into consideration. And if, uh, you know, the consistent postseason success is there, they get to move up a classification. They have to move up a classification. And they did that with Christchurch a while back, but now Christchurch is back down. Back down. Um, they got the out-of-zone multiplier plus the competitive balance, which is a combination of the two, which this one's pretty interesting because um, they would take the, the way the success of the out-of-attendance uh, out uh, zone factor into all of that as well. And then there's, a, of course, just going ahead and creating a whole new classification, which a lot of people are saying, why aren't they in the Skiza League to begin with? <laughs> right. um, and this is where the, those charter schools and private schools are saying, we don't want to be in that. We, you know, But it would be fun to see a Ben Lippin and a Hammond taking on a Gray Collegiate or a Christchurch in that regard. I mean, I think those would be really good games. Well, and, and I understand you go back to the – Things above that, when they're talking about attendance zone, these private schools do not have an attendance zone. Mm -hmm. Not like the public schools do. You can find a public school's attendance zone. So, and I can see where that can help with the uh, with this kid over here being recruited by the school over here and him having to go. <coughs> Instead of one, now they're going to be four. Mm-hmm. So. And, and they said there's enough to make up two regions in a new classification uh, that they would have for just those guys. So mm -hmm. that's a possibility. Of course, all the those schools are like, no, we don't want to do it. It involves travel it is basically what you're looking at. Um, and then there's the enrollment tiers, which um, this is kind of like uh, the state of Ohio and what they do up there. And this one's interesting because you get a tier one student multiplier of one for those that are in your, your zone. So. Um, you get uh, a tier two, which might be a multiplier of three for football and maybe seven for some of the other sports that right. are there to go along with it. And those tiers based off of such things as the student <coughs> and parent residency, um, the longevity of the student's enrollment uh, that he's been in that district, mm -hmm. so on and so forth. Um, and then there's the fun one. <laughs> and, and this one, this one I think needs to be considered amongst the others when you, when you go in. This is definitely a must-have um, because this, this is St. Joe's, Christ Church, Greenwood right. Christian, um, Gray, Oceanside, and basically where they're at. And this proposal is the multi-factor reclassification model. Um, it basically takes uh, four different factors into consideration. One, your school enrollment. Uh, two, the location. Is it in a big city? Is it near a big city? Okay? Because uh, that's a big di difference. I mean, you look right. at the 1A up in Greenville versus uh, 1A down in McCormick. Yeah. I mean, there's a big <laughs> difference in the yeah. number of people that live within well, that 10-mile uh, radius. But it also that numbers can change. I mean, they'll have more kids coming from out of district into, say, Christ Church than they will coming out of district into Calhoun Falls. Mm -hmm. So you got that. Um, they also consider the poverty level yeah. that yeah. is there, which I think uh, they need to do with the student population, and then the out-of-attendance element that we right. had just mentioned yeah. involved in all of that. So I like that multi-factor reclassification model that's there. kind of takes everything that, that we mentioned before, puts it into one with the exception of the adding the tiers and that type of a thing. But can you imagine the paperwork 
that these athletic secretaries are going to have to go through now and these coaches are going to have to go through because they've got to prove an address on a child. Well, it's, it's like yeah. we were talking um, to some of the folks uh, that um, – that were here that would uh, well one of the waitresses in, in Caroline for example she's saying that there's a lot of people from from uh, up at Little Mountain which is what about 30 miles out 20 That's miles from, out yeah. of Columbia Chapin. yeah um, and they're going to Gray yeah from there and I mean that's a long car ride back yeah. and forth um, and that's nowhere even near close to being no. in your your district to go along with it so uh, well, your thoughts Chris on on these plans you got one of your own the one I, that I keep thinking about was one of the ones in the, one of the first twos. I like the last one too, though. But location doesn't seem to be an issue for Gray. I mean, excuse me, not location. <laughs> Travel, <laughs> because because this school, I think four games this year, and you know what? You can say they were forced to play out of the state just to find somebody to play. Okay, that's fine. But they didn't have to go to Florida three weeks in a row or two weeks in a row. They didn't have to go to Ohio. They could have picked the Somerville maybe with a day. I mean, but they chose to because that's what this school wants to do. It, it doesn't matter, Tom, like I said. And if I was Jerome and the guys, I would just be like, you know what? We're not going to worry about y'all. We're going to put you somewhere and you're going to play there or you don't play there. Because they, they bent their knees over backwards trying to put them somewhere and they didn't want to do it. It's going to be the same case again. Whatever they decide, whatever's fair, they're going to say it's not fair and they're not going to want to do it. They're going to continue to poke that bear until I mean and they're not going to do anything to them I mean <laughs> well here, here's here's another aspect of it with uh, that you know their principal um, Brian Newsom he is uh, he, I mean he's the one that basically started all of this right when po- po- people started not playing great collegiate in that regard he says just you know it's unfair to us um, not thinking that it's unfair the other way around uh, but they're going through and they're doing their own yeah looking into what comparative fairness is and what it is. So I'm anxious to see how lopsided that version is, if it is, if at all, versus what the South Carolina High School League is going through. And I think the High School League probably is going to be more towards what everybody wants anyway, um, whereas, you know, well, Greg Allegiance is going to be you know, more in favor of, of what the private charter schools want. And I think what we've got to remember, and all it is, is this is not about your total schedule. This is about your region. Mm -hmm. Okay, Greenwood, if you want to drive to Goose Creek and play somebody, (laughs) that's fine in non-region. But in region, we're going to try to keep you within, say, a 60-mile radius, an hour's drive. That's fine. Private schools, if we can do that, if we can find y'all five schools, that's what your region will be. And then we'll have a region in upstate, and you're going to have a region in the low state. And, yeah, they might have to drive from Charleston to Myrtle Beach. But you, that's where you go. Yeah. If you're living in Columbia and going to Gray, well, see, okay, and we can, don't, we there's don't. schools around that you can play. Yeah. And, and it, but it's only going to be those five or four, however many – yeah, they and, said they had enough for two regions. Two regions of six, I six. think is what they so said. So you're going to have six games. Now you've got four games. You can go play anywhere you want to. We're not worried about the travel on that end of it. But they did have travel as one of their models. Okay. Greenwood, we're going to send you all back to Lawrence. 
because it's closer than sending y'all to Wahala or Pickens yeah. or. Well, just think of Fort Greenwood Christian and yeah. what they have to do and, and the travel yeah. they've got to put in. So right. we, are, we are not sympathetic to them at no. all as far as travel goes. Mm-hmm. That, <laughs> a lot of that is created. I mean, and that's just like Coach Liner, us going down to Sandy Creek. That's three and a half hour ride. Do we have a problem with it? No. But it was a non-region schedule. Now, if if all of a sudden, okay, Greenwood gets put in the region and you got to drive to Myrtle Beach one weekend, then the next weekend you might be at home facing a Fort Dorchester, then the next weekend you got to go to Gaffney. Yeah, Greenwood's going to be pitching a fit about that region. <laughs> he probably wouldn't say anything. Not Chris that. wouldn't, but um, the yeah. parents and everybody would. And I'm glad you brought up Greenwood Christian because that's, that's the one over the past three years that team has traveled more than any <laughs> – Anybody in this area, I can tell you. But they're already in skis. They they're are. not in, mm-hmm. you know, they're not trying to be the great collegian mm-hmm. and play in the public school system. They know where they're so much, where their bread's buttered. Okay, we just got to find more schools <laughs> their size in this area. They can find enough to have a region between yeah. Columbia, Greenville, and Greenwood. You can find those four or five schools. The rest of your schedule if you want to drive three hours to play, that's on you. Don't come blaming the high school league for that. Yeah. And it's not just or, football. Or, and you don't no, have to about every sport and, now. And the whole thing about it, all you got to do is play your region schedule. You don't have to play anybody else if you don't want to. And you can go to state championship game, play however many games you played in region, and that's it. Because your non-region schedule isn't going to count until they get to maybe some kind of wild tiebreaker down there, <laughs> about number 25 in the tiebreaker yeah. list. Well, the other factor in here is the State House of Education and Public Works and what they're doing and how they're involved with their uh, their committee. Um, they've had three meetings already. I'm told there's a fourth one that's coming up this month. Um, here in the next uh, two weeks, I guess, is what I was told. But uh, basically their ultimate goal is to kind of uh, form a list of recommendations, and part of that is this competitive balance uh, that's going to be in there. So it'll be fun to see what they come up with uh, amongst the uh, – you'll have like three different proposals that the high school league is going to have a chance to look at. So well, um, the more be, the better. It's going to be interesting to see, not at the lower levels, because that, that's easy to figure. Once you get to the 4A schools – and you get somebody like a Greenville that's got 15 kids on the football team from out of region, out of district. You multiply that times four. Okay, now you're up to 60. You add that 60 to their numbers, all of a sudden, instead of being a 4A school, they're a small 5A. Mm-hmm. Y'all go play Dorman and Gaffney every week, <laughs> you know. The five A school. Greenwood's been there. We've done that. Um, it, you know, but that was before all this took place. Yeah, you know. So. And you're you're going to have that. I mean, yeah. it's kind of like we're at Abbeville '96 are right now. Yeah. They're in the lower part of the two A bracket mm-hmm. uh, versus uh, the upper part of the one A next year is a possibility. Mm-hmm. And um, we've heard rumors that that. Those two may move down to 1A. One one so, um, you know, if that's the case, Abbeville will definitely dominate <laughs> all those 1A well, schools. Well, that, the process, that goes back to some of these other things with the comp- competitive, competitive stuff. Mm-hmm. So and they may years. leave, and Abbeville, you've won eight state championships out of the last 10 years. You're going to stay 2A. We don't care what your numbers yeah. are. We don't care what your out-of-district numbers are. You're going to stay 2A because of the competitive. Now, that's in football only. Now, you go 
playing basketball and baseball and everything else. Yeah, you may play 1A schools, but for your football. Might be moving up. You're moving up. Yeah, and uh, just for your uh, uh, FYI, there's a talk, too, that Clinton may be moving down to 2A, we heard. So wow. Well, that's, that's, here again, yeah. those numbers and <laughs> the Clinton numbers are weird, okay, because there's schools over there that uh, are not schools, but uh, places that kids graduate from Clinton, but they never see it inside the school <laughs> because they're at this center or that right. center. And but they have, but this goes back to that state stuff. They have to be counted at that school that they're going to get their diploma from. Gotcha. So, All right. Any questions, comments? We wait again. We, we, we wait. We, we wait. still wait. We, th- we threw It'll a lot be, in uh, you this last fast that, that's a, Next time you see Coach or you go to interview him, when do you think our next year's schedule will be ready? So, well, uh, I, I, I can't say anything, but I have an idea of what the uh, well, non-region schedule is going to be. The non-region, we're not worried about. <laughs> what region we going to be in next year, Coach? Yeah, it'll Are probably we gonna be, be 3A? We're going to be 4A? We're going to be well, 5A? That's, that's the thing is is they've got to come up with this competitive fairness thing rather yeah, quickly now quickly. because in yep. December, yeah. I think it's like the 21st December, something like oh, that, yeah. that they have to come out with the numbers to the members yep. so that they know what classifications what? that they are going yep. to be in, mm-hmm. which means it gives allows time for the – Scheduling and well, and, and the the uh, uh, what do you want to call it the um, appellate committee and all of that oh, yeah, to, yeah. to take yeah, the yeah. the requests of staying yeah. and in whatever region they want to be in or whatever you know two a one a or whatever. So that's five weeks. That's so, not long. So it can't be tabled. They're going to they have can't. to. They're they going to have to really got, get yeah, to it got now. To make some decisions. Yeah, I mean, it's somebody's going to have to grow some and make a decision. <laughs> Maybe All we right. need to send Chris down to the next meeting. Listen, I, I coach, it, out, coach is decent at what he does. We're not leaving man. here till <laughs> we get a till we get a decision. I just like made. I said, and the thing about it with Gray is, I just I saw on Facebook who their attorney is. He's only the most well-known attorney in Columbia. What's his name? Harputian. Harputian. Yeah, Harputian. That's who's representing Gray. So that's how you're going to push this thing as far as you want to push it. Because this guy knows everything about the ins and outs. Not necessarily of high school athletics, South Carolina high school league and stuff like that. But if he doesn't, he calls a friend. And then, like I said, that's and that's what's pushed this thing this far. But I'm ready for an ending. I'm ready for some competitive games. And I know that a lot of coaches are. And unfortunately, it does take like coaches like maybe next year a 1A getting together and say, look, I don't care what you do. We're not playing you. Call somebody else. <laughs> well, we'll talk about uh, some of those games. I know Newberry's taking on Abbeville. We'll get into that here shortly. Newberry is one of the ones that ended up taking a forfeit <laughs> against Gray and things of that nature. So we'll get into all that here in a second uh, to go along with it. But first, before we say that, I want to say congratulations uh, to a, uh, a saluted Tiger and Samantha Minnick. Um, she went ahead and she went ahead and signed on the dotted line uh, this week to go ahead and play soccer at Newberry College. So we got a tiger going over to be a wolf in that regard. Um, and she'll uh, play her final season with the Tigers this spring before she heads on over there uh, to McCormick. So um, congratulations to her. And then uh, here locally at Cambridge Academy, uh, you've got Alex Cockrell. Congrats to her. She's going to be playing soccer now at Erskine mm-hmm. up there in Due West. So, uh, you know, she's, and she's a multi-sport athlete when you look at it. Her favorites, though, are probably basketball and soccer to go along with it. So would be surprised if uh, the basketball team calls her up in the you know, winter months and says, hey, we, 
We can use you. Yeah. I can't wait on do it with that Claire Lewis, the little young lady Claire Lewis from Greenwood, and they just still. Yeah, she's a big softball player. She is. I think golfer. So we'll see. It reminds me, I got to talk to her parents next time I see them too. Go along with that. Um, some other big news that's coming out uh, in cross country. The Lady Eagles uh, went ahead and finished 14th at the Upper State Qualifier. Gabby Talley had a big night uh, running. She went 23 minutes and 23 seconds. Uh, Peyton Larkins 24-24. Or twenty four twenty six, uh, Mackenzie Bolton twenty four twenty nine, Claire Sunquist, she went twenty four forty eight, Emma Williams Williams went twenty six thirty, and Willie Collins went twenty seven flat. And then on the guys side, the guys ended up finishing eleventh at the Upper State Qualifier, and they did have one that didn't qualify for the state meet in the individual, that being Charlie Fennell, um, former swimmer of mine. I'm going to bring on him a little. There you go. <laughs> Seventeen <laughs> minutes fourteen seconds, he ended up uh, running, uh, so he qualifies for the state meet to go along with that. Um, Jonathan Adams had a time of 1837. Joseph Cabri, uh, 1847. Gavin Moore, another swimmer of mine, 1906. Um, you got James Saxon, 2018. Will McCull- McMillan, 2038. Uh, and like I said, Charlie going to be competing this coming Saturday over at Newberry uh, for the cross-country state championship. Always knew they had to be fast outside the water because if they're that fast inside the water, then they got to <laughs> – so you just proved it to me. So. Yeah. And can't forget about the uh, Greenwood Wrestling team coming up November 29th. Mark your calendars. They're going to be celebrating those 50 years of wrestling that is going to be going on. Matter of fact, um, you know, they've got, what do you say, nine or ten state champions that are going to be returning uh, to Greenwood High in the process of all of that. And um, when you look at it, uh, Nick Montz, uh, he said there's more going on than that because they got brand-new mats from the Booster Club that are going to be highlighted as well. Can't wait to see that. I'm, I'm, I picture it with this big eagle <laughs> kind of there in the middle of that big old circle. Or the G. Or the, the G. Yeah, could be and the G. And this is the 50th year. Yeah, yeah, that's huge. Yeah, go along with that, and then the cross country for uh, Emerald High School. Um, they completed uh, their upper state qualifier at Newberry. I guess it was on Monday. Uh, is when all this happened. Uh, girls, Shania Holloway went twenty four fifty seven um, to lead them, and the boys uh, were led by Edgar Romas, who went nineteen thirty nine. Wow. So some fast times, you know, and just think of what it takes, though, to run cross country because, you know, you're running trails, you're running uphills, you're running downhills, things of that nature. I mean, there's some tough trails. And I've never been to the, the Newberry one. I've been to the Upper State one up in Dorman and down to the Sand Hills over there, uh, you know, by uh, Spring, Spring Valley, Valley and that time. But I'm anxious to see what the Newberry one looks like. We know it's going to be hilly. It's going to be fun. <laughs> yep. But congrats to all those guys. Uh, you know, a lot of them, their season came to an end. We've got a couple of them that are going to be cheering them on as they continue on uh, uh, at the next level um, for state championships and, the, and more. And then, uh, well, guys, let's talk about uh, the state uh, playoffs underway in football. Um, a couple of teams now that are going to be going into the round, second round, that being Abbeville and Greenwood. Uh, Abbeville, 10-1 overall, 5-0 and in region play. Going to be taking on the Newberry Bulldogs. And, guys, Newberry has been, what, kind of a little bit of a pain to, the <laughs> to Abbeville in the past. If you remember um, back when Newberry was 3A, it, it always seemed like those two matched up in the non-region schedule somewhere. And it was always, I mean, a really big battle. Um, and then they got in the 2A, and the same thing has happened. And here they are matched up again in the second round. Thing is, Newberry's really good on the road. I mean, really good. They're four and one on the road. They're two and three at home. 
Okay, <laughs> and well, we know Abbeville is, is Abbeville, five and one at home, five and zero, oh, and, and the process is way. But against other two A schools, they're six and zero oh, against other two A schools. For Newberry, they're five and two um, to go along with that. Their their uh, last loss to a two A school was in their region in Fairfield Central. We know how good they are. They're going to probably be on a collision course with Abbeville a little later on down the line. Cam McMillan's the real deal. Yeah, and this is and you know that I think that's the one team that Gray's like why. <laughs> Why? Why would you forfeit to us? You're probably better than we are. It's, they all took a stand. That's why it happened the way it did. Yeah. But I'd like to see that game because, like I said, this is a pretty good team. And I, I see you on the ball, man. So I thought I had something on you. You already didn't pull up that on the road record, neutral record, and home. <laughs> and so, and I thought I was a little strange that you're better on the road. Um, so we should be this year, and yeah, I guess we probably are if you look at the record. Yeah. So well, the the one thing we got to remember. And that's both games in the lake was there. That little stuff's supposed to be coming out of the sky. Supposed to be getting a little water, yeah. So that might change a little bit. Uh, we know, and okay, Abbeville people, don't don't Thanks. come <laughs> pouncing on me <laughs> because y'all the ones that have said it. Y'all's field's not the best field in the world. That's why and there's now you're gonna get turf. a little water on it. <clears throat> Okay, we don't want to hear that as an excuse when that when Newberry comes in there and beats you. I got a better one for you than that, stands by me. Okay, give it to me. Chris Justice, WYFF News. He says, "Well, if you're gonna be up around that North Carolina peak tomorrow, you might get a little sleep." So not only are we talking <laughs> oh, about a little possibility of some rain, we're talking about possibly some sleet. Now. Oh my word! Are you still be sitting outside tomorrow uh, night? Oh yeah, I, I look. My people, I might be in the tuba. And when the when the guy blows the tube, I pop out, and that's when I give you my stats. But oh yeah, if possible, I'll be outside. You know, I feel better outside. So y'all well enough, well or not, because if, my, if I'm outside, your window's gotta be up for, for me to get my stuff. I, I don't know if you want that electrical stuff wrapped around yeah. your head with the water falling on it. There you go. Well, that's the that will what we look at though. But if there is that possibility, it, it won't be a lot of rain. If you got a chance at the sleet, it's going to be more along that that grouping, so to speak. We'll just wait and see. I just thought that was funny when I watched it at 12 o'clock today. He says, if you're going to be up around that North Carolina line, like a Rock Hill or somewhere, and he called it out, Rock Hill. So be ready. No, no telling what we're going to get. Yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be messy. <laughs> but I I do I think A Town will take care of business, even in bad weather. I think I, the, uh, the thing is with they're with, just a better team now. Newberry may travel good. You need to call your buddy, the mayor, down there and and talk to him. (laughs) Mayor Hooterville. Mayor Hooterville, (laughs) yeah. Um, Kenton Caldwell, he's the running back for the Bulldogs, and he is a load. We saw him in a couple of seven-on-sevens, although he was just catching at that time. Um, From what I understand, uh, it's going to be a battle of two really good running backs. The thing with Newberry, and this is what got Saluda, was the turnover bug. Saluda is really good at creating – Newberry. Newberry is really good at creating turnovers. So, uh, and, you know, Abbeville's real good at at holding on to the football. We'll see how many turnovers end up coming, uh, you know, Newberry's way in this regard. Because the the Bulldogs, you know, if if they're averaging two turnovers a game, and they got four against Saluda. And see, that might – Wet weather may play into their advantage. If they get two with a little bit of water, they might get four. They might get two in the right spot. Anytime you get a turnover, you know, you hope for better. You're going to hopefully it's better field position. Your, your offense doesn't have to drive the ball near as far. It puts more pressure on 
the defense. So, yeah, and the question is, is Demarius Leach going to be able to play both ways in this one? I think if it's a close game, he will. Uh, he will, yeah. Well, probably what they're going to start out with, he's going to be quarterback. And if Newberry scores a time or two or things start kind of going right instead of left, all of a sudden the, the young man will be on the defensive side of the ball. And we know what he can do over there. So I think that was the reason for the change at quarterback early yeah. in the year is because of the little bit of turnovers that Apple they had at first. And they see that he is a much better carry and possessor of the ball. The thing that's impressed me this year is that they've thrown the ball. Mm-hmm. And that, that's trickeration over in Abbeville to throw the football, and they've done it well. And this kid, we saw him the other night. He got another award, and I mean, or his award. Week 10 offensive yeah. player of the game. And Decent I mean, year. that's solid that but, he that he's able to do that and have a guy like Carson Normal, who normally you pound the rock with, with the running backs at Abbeville. But, but you look at this young man, and we saw him the other night in street clothes. He's mm-hmm. a stud. <laughs> and I mean, he's a legitimate 6'1", 6'2". And he's probably pushing 200, if not a little over. I mean, this is a big guy for a high schooler. And to be playing quarterback, he looked every bit of he could play it. And he looked like a safety, too. So, um, And I think that's where he's being recruited more as, as a safety. And then you look at they read his tackles and all out, too. And you got to understand, wait a minute, he doesn't play defense full time. How do you get all these numbers? <laughs> you gotta know, he's got a nose for the ball. He's around the ball. That's yeah, the key he's to it. He's, the ball. he's got to be there. And he, he's around. The, he was like I said, his numbers were impressive because, like I said, we haven't even seen Carson Norman there yet at Stone Club, have we? Not yet. Mm-hmm. And that's saying something when you hadn't seen Apple running back this year. Mm-hmm. So we had a couple. Like I said, we got to see some an old friend in Oklahoma who uh, is is still recover. Well, he's recovered from his kidney uh, procedure. So. Uh, like I said, man, Touchstone Club was on it the other night, man. We saw a lot of really good – their food was great. Everything else is good. But, yeah, I think Abbeville's probably going to win this game. Oh, yeah. Did, yeah, you I look at points per game, Abbeville almost 40, Newberry right now um, about 28.5 points uh, against. Um, Abbeville's giving up about 14, where Newberry's giving up about 19.20. So, um, it's going to be – you know, this, this game's going to be fun. It uh, might be a good game for the first half and then both – Schools go in, and then when they come back out the second half, and that's where you may see Leach go to the secondary. Yeah, I think uh, if that happens, then the game's up. over. Yeah, the game's over. Then, yeah. <laughs> but like you say, if Newberry can force a couple quick turnovers, get a couple yeah. quick touchdowns on it, that changes the whole dynamics of that game. Because they better play not be hoping for. No, I mean they I, better be working to get them and not just praying that they, oh, yeah. they just fall out there. All right, let's talk about the other game for the Lakelands as the Greenwood Eagles are going to be headed on the road, going up to Rock Hill to take on the Trojans of Northwestern. Northwestern, um, uh, depending on which poll you look at, either number one or number two in the state in 4A, could probably be number one or two in the 5A ranks, too, if, if you really consider um, just how good this team is. 5-1 and one on the home, 5-1 and one on the road, 0-1 um, uh, at a neutral site, if you want to call it that. They got to play up there in Panther Charlotte. Stadium uh, in that regard. And the Eagles, uh, six and five we've got a winning record as of right now and uh, we're three and three on the road three and two at home um, against other 4a schools we're five and three uh, to go along with that uh, averaging about 23 points a game giving up 26 and northwestern's averaging 53 guys uh, only giving up about 15 a game as of right now and most of theirs uh, uh, 
when you look at, at who they've got uh, player-wise, there's some great ones out there. Turbo Richards, um, great name, going to the Shrine Bowl. He's also committed to Boston College uh, as a running back there. Uh, and then you got Vance Ventry, uh, who's going to the North-South game. Um, that's going to be joining them. Uh, he's one of the offensive linemen, I believe. Uh, that's really, really good. And then they've got a whole host of juniors. And I'm going to I'm going to read off their starting defensive line for you because <laughs> – and, and you're going to hear Coach's interview, and you, and you tell me which one that, that Coach thinks is probably the most problematic. But when you look at their starting lineup, you got number 95 in Marquez Holloway, number 96, Mason Greer, number 97 in uh, uh, Don Jay McMullen, 98 in Dimitri Putnam, and number 99 in Andre Pickett. Who was I'll also go a with team 99 captain. right now. <laughs> you remember last year with I remember, That's what I was going to say. This kid was a sophomore <laughs> last year. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, or excuse me. He wasn't. He was a freshman last year, wasn't he? He was no, a sophomore, sophomore last year. He's a junior this year. 5'11", 259. Well, so, before we get into all this, though, I, I want y'all to remember one thing. 1976. Y'all we, wasn't even born. I know I'm an old guy. Well, I was okay. 67. Let me, okay. let me write this down. <laughs> what, 76? <laughs> Going to the state championship, little old Greenwood, South Carolina, was playing the Somerville with John McKissick. Had, oh, yeah. Had basically a college team. I mean, the quarterbacks going to Alabama, all kind of linemen going everywhere, running backs everywhere. Greenwood, you don't even need to show up because you're not even on the same universe as this team is. Couple hours later, in that scoreboard at Williams Bryce went to four zeros. He looked over there and they said Greenwood 42, Somerville a whole lot less. <laughs> Guess who got the rings? And that's a possibility what can happen. So uh, I, 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 I pray for things like that. This, but I thought about that last year. And I'm going to tell you, it is demoralizing to go up there and get the brake slap beat off of you the way it was. And this team's a year more mature. Finley Polk. I finally found it, Tom. He's only got 2,500 yards passing on the year. No, only 2,500. And like, we only hear about Turbo Richard. We don't hear about no quarterback. We don't hear about no receiver, but <laughs> I can look at him and remember from last year. Well, five is going to be uh, a big factor. He was last year. Knox, 13 has changed numbers, though, so 13 is no longer there. He graduated. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's gone. I see CJ Bright. That's why I said. But, yeah, I remember to, to Darian Knox. You remember he was really good last year at receiver. But, Stan, you're right. That's why you go when you play the games. I mean, we're not going to go over there and just, you know, put a head between our legs. We're going to play football. If we lose, we lose. And that's just how coach is. And this team's going to give it the effort. I said it, you know, Friday night after the game, our seniors don't want to quit. They're not done. They well, got unfinished business. We're better this year than we were last year. And we've said it all year, even in wins and losses. This coaching staff has done a tremendous job of calling the right plays offensively and defensively and having the players in to make the play. Now, we've missed a lot of plays. We've, we've went and had some arm tackling when we didn't need it. We've had some costly turnovers at times. We've had costly penalties. But we're a young team. But we're a whole lot better this year than we were last year. And uh, them boys might be overlooking us. They better not overlook us is all I can say. We'll see what happens. All right, I had a chance to catch up with Coach Liner. I started by asking him about last week and just how great a win that was. Here's a little bit of his comments before we got into the uh, game with Northwestern. 
even our coach, you know, we kind of all tend to forget just, um, you know, how much work has been put into, you know, getting to that point. I mean, it's uh, if you went back and just watched the day-to-day of what we've done, um, especially in the last year or two, trying to, you know, fix some things and, and make things better and get them going in a positive direction, it's um, – it's nice to get a playoff win, especially against a team that had beat you earlier and kind of validate some of the stuff that we've, you know, um, tried to put in place with change of scheme and, and you know, uh, uh, too many things to list. I could sit here and talk for 30 minutes about it. But um, that's nice because you're starting to see some some small signs of, um, you know, and then we still got a long way to go. I mean, there's no doubt about that. And, and um, so we – we, um, but it was super exciting for our kids. It was kind of a, you know, um, a storybook deal for a lot of different individuals, and 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 then ultimately, you know, our team. So, um, you know, with Pumpkin Chamberlain being able to do what he did, and and uh, just some of the things we we tried, um, we went we played man-to-man coverage for the first time uh, in a while, and um, and it worked, and uh, made them drive it. And confused them a good bit because North Augusta's got a really good team. I mean, they have some really, really good athletes, and they're big and strong and physical. And um, for us to go down there and get a win at their place uh, certainly was a, a good night for the Eagles. Now, did you expect it to be as big a defensive battle as it was? No. I mean, sort of. Um, you know, we, we kind of hoped it would be that way. Um, you know, we feel like we're pretty good at running the football. That's probably our strength right now. And we're still trying to evolve into throwing it more. And we did throw it some in some key situations that really helped us. And, uh, you know, if you're going to be an air raid team, you for, number one, you got to have people that can catch football consistently. And it, it can't be one out of two or two out of three even. It's got to be 90% or you're not going to move the ball. And, you know, and we started out the year kind of, you know, dinking and dunking and all that kind of stuff, but we weren't we weren't making plays like we needed to, and so we kind of got back into running the football more. And you know, we've got a pretty good offensive line. We've actually got a really good offensive line, and then you know, our backs are good, and uh, so you know, we've been able to move the ball, you know, running pretty much all year. Um, so you know, we've kind of uh, again kind of um, put, you know, that's been our bread and butter, and. Um, it was nice to see that we did complete some passes when we needed to, some huge passes. You know, Zion Hawkins had some huge catches. Uh, Bryce, Kamari, Jaden, I mean, all of them had some huge catches that kind of kept drives going and stuff. So, um, but, yeah, it was, uh, you know, it was a, a heck of a lot of fun and, uh, you know, n- nice to kind of uh, get a win and move on to round two. Yeah, I kind of hated it for uh... – Pumpkin Chamberlain and the fact that he had over 100 yards rushing, but then towards the end, you go back into that uh, victory formation, ends up losing 14 yards in the process of all that. I don't count those yards, so I'm going to say he got over 100. I agree, <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll definitely say that. In fact, I'm going to go back at the end of the season and, and um, redo the stats and stuff, so um, he'll definitely get over 100 yards for that game if I'm doing it. So, All right, well, let's talk about this game coming up this week, round two of the playoffs. We get to go on the road, a place that we went to last year in round two. It didn't come out in our favor a 50 to nothing win for Northwestern uh, getting a chance to go back up take on the Trojans once again and I I believe they're a better team this year than they were last year there's no doubt I mean Northwestern's one standard programs in our state you know coach Walford if if he's not the best play caller in the state he's one of the top two or three and I'd like to know who else they somebody would vote for because he's does an excellent job you know they've been running the air raid you know it's very similar offense to what we're running they've been running it for a long time and uh, even when coach Richardson there who's not Clemson uh, coach Walford was an assistant for him and 
So they've been running really since uh, even before Greenwood played them the last time in the state championship in 2012. So they've been running a similar style deal for about 15 years, and um, and they're good at it. And so, um, of course, the you know the key to any game and the key to you know no matter what level you're playing on is your personnel, and that's they have extraordinarily gifted players. You know, starting with their running back Turbo Richard, it may be the best running back in the state. He's big. He's like a Todd Gurley type guy, he's big and he's strong, but he can also fly. And uh, and then up front, they're good. They got some good wide outs. Their quarterback, you know, is extraordinarily smart and, and you know, especially just knowing where to go with the football. And he understands that offense really well. And uh, it's his second year starting. And, you know, they got a lot of guys that, that we played against last year back, you know, their entire defensive line. Um, with the exception, I think, one. And they're the best defensive line we've seen all year. And we've seen some really good ones. Greenville had a good one. Westside had a good one. Santa Creek maybe had the best individual player we'd seen. Um, but they have – their nose guard is the best defensive lineman that I've personally seen all year. He is uh, unbelievable. And he's just a junior. So, um, uh, number 99, you will see him very, you know, really fast. He stands out quick. And uh, – and really, all their guys up front are, 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 are that way. Are that way. They're very physical, very quick off the ball, very strong. Their linebackers same way. They're aggressive. DB same way. So, you know, they're a really, 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 really good football team. And um, you know, maybe the best team in the state, all classes. To be honest with you, but that's the cool thing about the playoffs is you never know. And so we're excited about you know what we've got prepared for this week and. You know, all green we can do is go up there and give them our best shot and take the biggest swing at them we can and, and see what happens, and that's our plan. So there you have a uh, little bit of the interview. You hear the rest of it tomorrow during the pregame show um, at 7 o'clock on Sunday 103.5. But uh, when you he- hear what he has to say, this team evidently is playing really loose and, and has nothing to lose. Everything in the game, nothing to lose. Like I said, it. That you know, go there like it. Like I love what he just said because he's been he's been listening to us, man. Because what you say, go there and just punch him in the mouth quick, and that's what we got to do. We got to let him know that we're there for business and take care of it. The game. I, you know what? We've we've officially named our offense. He said we're an air raid, like they are. So the next two or three years under this offense, this air raid, this that we've seen in college football, it should get fun really quick. And we move up a, from a sophomore to a junior quarterback next year, so it should be real fun. But, I mean, like you said, go up there and just basically forget what I just said about going up there last year, that 59. You don't remember that. This is a whole new team, a whole new team. So, I mean, like I said, go up there and give it our best shot. I mean, like I said, if I had to pick a game, I'm going to take it. I mean, I, you, it's one of those liberty type deals, man. We're Eagles, and we're, we win or lose, and we do it together. Well, I like what he said, too, that last week against North Augusta, we went man-to-man for the first time all year. But the key was the words that came after that. We were successful. We confused them. We might be able to do the same thing with these cats. Let's, uh, we're not going to be surprised if we don't see some man coverage. You know, I don't, I, don't, in, in, I don't know if – I know Lawrence did not play them man to man. I know Gaffney did not play them man to man. No, that's what I'm saying. Uh, Chris and his coaches have enough confidence in our defensive players that they can put them in the right place. And they've done it all year, and you know they've been working on this all year. Okay, let's try it in this North Augusta game because these cat can throw the ball a little bit. Let's just let's try it and see what happens. I want to think he we played man to man last year. He tried it. I want to think I don't, we did. I don't think we did. You don't think we played man to man? 
Because they were too many one-on-ones that we just weren't in place for. So that's well, well got, that's kind of the key with this, be in the right place at the right time. Uh, because you're not going to get to this quarterback. He well, catches it and gets to the playmakers within a second. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, it's, it's what – I think it's really like on what it says on my express is like 2.3s from snap to, to pass. I mean, he's a drop back, boom, and he knows where he's going with it. And like I said, he's a smart dude. Uh, but he might drop back and – uh-oh. That man, he's covered. <laughs> he, he's supposed to be running into the zone. Well, right he has there. thrown a couple of interceptions. Yeah, well, so you know, I think he's got might, eight or nine on the year. Yeah, we, he, we, it might, we might surprise him and get a pick six tomorrow night. Please, <laughs> <laughs> I'm anxious to see the battle that's going to be up front. We mentioned 99 and Andre Pickett, yeah. nose guard. He's going up against the center. Robert we got Stevens. Robert Stevens. Um, but, you know, Robert's going to be ready for this match. And this is going to be a challenge for him, and he knows it. But he's also played against big boys before. Yeah, the Sandy Creek guy was, was huge, huge as well. Um, I don't know if he's seen somebody as quick as Andre Pickett is. That's going to be the thing. And mm. I think double team is going to be key on this one yeah. when it comes to that nose guard. You're going to have to double team him. Who's right beside him? Well, you got Sargent beside him. And, and you got A.J. Ross. Other uh, side draws. So, I mean, I, I, we got the players to, for the double team, and we're going to need it. Well, Chris said we've got – our offensive line is better than what a lot of people think we are. We we've got some we've got an offensive line, and they are battle tested. This is not going to be the first team that they've trotted out there, and the guys across the line from them have been bigger, stronger, quicker, faster. Yeah. The difference though with this defensive line is they don't take plays off. They go a hundred percent every single play. Till they get smacked in the mouth. <laughs> and they haven't been smacked in the mouth yet. That's the that's thing. What, and so that's what needs Greenwood's going to do to them. <laughs> there we go. Offensively and defensively, because that's what we, we'll call coach up and tell him, hey, be sure you smack these <laughs> Hey, he's already heard me and Jim Steele enough, but so smack him in the mouth from the get-go. And Like I said, a lot of times when you're going on a game like that on the road, man, that opening, just that coin toss means a lot, mm-hmm. too. So, mm-hmm. um, like I said, you gotta have confidence in the coaches. I'm gonna tell you something. This could have not turned out the way it did this year. We could very easily be a few games under 500 with the schedules we play, but we have fought back to finish what we did in the region. And the teams we beat in the region were good teams. Mm-hmm. We saw easily challenge Midland Battle last week. Um, so, I mean, all in all, man, I mean, playing playing the teams we played have helped us out, and that's when you're gonna see the results. Well, when you look at the at the playoff brackets um, and you know, pretty much where Greenwood is in, in, in our region. You still have Greenville taking on Greer. You've got uh, Westside. Uh, uh, oh, gosh, why am I blanking who they're taking on? Um, but, but either way, uh, Northwestern. Three, three games, three teams in our region, in our region are there. still playing. And nor- if Northwestern is going to run the gauntlet, they've got to go through Region 1. Yeah, It's, it's going to go through Region all 1. Three. Look at the region that Northwestern's in. How many of those cats are still in the playoffs? Because mm. we know Rock Hill got beat. Yeah. South Point. Well, Rock Hill's in 5A. Oh, that's right. South Point would be there. Um, who else is in that one, Don, for real? Uh, is it Catawba Ridge? No, they're – Catawba Ridge is in that yeah. region. Lancaster's so, in that region. Yeah. So, I mean, um, they still got several, but, I mean – Fort Mill, I think, is in that region. Are we looking for? Hey, listen, I can hear Coach now because I can hear Coach Burkett. One game at a time, man. Yeah. One game at a time. We're worried about the playoff bracket after Friday night. 
uh, and get this first win and to get this second round win on our belt, then we'll worry about third round next. And then yeah. you know, has got uh, York. Uh, that's so the other one that's in that region. And so we need if we could possibly just get a, any kind of an upset would help us. I mean, any kind of I mean because, like I said, we're starting to know some of the other teams. Once it brackets on down, we we've seen a couple of these other teams that we could possibly face. So, like I said, one game at a time, as coach is going to tell you, and, and I, I can promise you offense and defense side of the ball from Adams Dean on the offense to Zach and Tom Butler on defense and to the head coach himself, man, nobody looks ahead. We, we got to look at – we got to go at them face-to-face. And like I said, he may even throw that first punch right there when he flips that coin toss and show his kids, say, hey, I got confidence in you. We want the ball. So, don't be stunned, I'm telling you. Um, and I think that's what would be the thing to do. I'm, I'll tell you what I'm interested in. and I mean – we know what happened last week with Pumpkin. The situation's back the way it's normal, so you still got uh, Tristan there. Well, they've been taking reps together, so, so I could yeah. and, and it's hush hush. I can't. I, I don't even know who's. It's gonna. It's right gonna. Now. I think it's still. It's. It's gonna probably, in my opinion, I still think you let Pumpkin take first series. I do too. But you're gonna definitely see both quarterbacks for the whole game, and they, I like it because you need in a lot of games like this, you need something tricky that you might have in your back pocket that you, Adams Dean had to pull out all year, and have two quarterbacks in the backfield at the same time, one quarterback and one playing maybe a slot or something like that, and they come around on the end. You got to beat teams like this, and you got to throw it at them like this to, to jump them quick. So don't be stunned if you don't see a double pass and and, and get it out there and, and try to just create something really fast to start the game. All right, should be fun to watch and see. Right, some other big games uh, in the upstate in 5A, TL Hannah taking on Dutch Fork. Clover and Gaffney will be another fun one. Spartanburg, JL Man, Burns and Hillcrest get a rematch uh, that's going to be going on there to go along with that. Also in the 3A, this is, this is, <laughs> these are the games you know I kind of wish we could go to, like uh, Daniel Wren. Um, that would be fun. Chapman Chester, round two uh, in that one. Belton, Honeyapath, and Pendleton. Clinton and Broome, how about Ooh. that? Uh, to add into that. And then down in the lower state, it, it's just as good. You got Dylan and Camden in the second round. Hannah Hannon, Gilbert, uh, Brooklyn Casey, and Phillip Simmons. Also Crestwood and Buford. Bam. Let's see if the Eagles can pull one out there <laughs> uh, after a big win over Loris 30-13. to 13. So it um, should be fun. And then uh, the 2A, um, we made mention Strom Thurmond and Keenan. We saw what Keenan did uh, with the Shade 50 defense against 96. Can Strom Thurmond? Yeah, uh, you know, to me this favors Keenan because Strom Thurmond is mainly a running team. They are with the running back they got in Stanley or Staley. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Silver Bluff and Fairfield Central should That's be a, a big good game. one. Um, Newberry and, and Abbeville, we mentioned that at Abbeville, and then Great Collegiate has Chesney on top of that. That'll be fun there because mm-hmm. we know how that team fights. So. And then, uh, <laughs> and then the one A Christchurch gets Macby. This could be a track meet uh, if you want to look at it that way. Uh, Macby loves to run the football. Christchurch likes to uh, kind of mix it up both ways, uh, but is more dependent on the run. You got Blackville Hilda taking on Wagner Sally, Calhoun County, and Southside Christian. That's a huge game. Um, big. And then another one uh, that's going to be fun in Louisville. St. Joe's is headed up that way. The big three have three big games coming up this week that they could possibly all lose. And I, I picked St. Joe's from the get-go. And like I said, they got to go to – no, excuse me, I didn't. I picked Louisville from the get-go, and that's where St. Joe's is at. <laughs> I just picked St. Joe's to win the big three. But um, like I said, and each team's got their own personality. So I, it's exciting. All right, so I got one more interview for you. You know, basketball season is just around the corner, and um, we kind of uh, an impromptu interview with Thanks Coach. Thanks to me. 
<laughs> Thanks to me. Because all of a sudden I got the text and I was like, oh, crud, I'm in Greenville. I've got to get booking home. Um, uh, here's, here's a little prompt to a little Greenwood Eagle basketball as we get ready for uh, the basketball season. And it kind of all begins tonight with a scrimmage as well as we interviewed Coach uh, Russ Gregg. And glad to have with us here on the Lakeland Sports Guys, the head basketball coach of the Greenwood Eagles, Coach Russ Gregg. And Coach, glad to have you with us. Thanks for having me on. You know, it's always a pleasure when we get a chance to interview you guys, uh, get a chance to get a kind of a preview of what's coming up with the upcoming season in that regard. Unfortunately, you got most of your players out here on the football field. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully, right now. hopefully things are going well. So, uh, and it'll be a couple more weeks before I get them. But, uh, you know, we're just doing the best we can with what we have. And right now we got about nine players and uh, just going through, uh, you know, a lot of uh, drills and just getting reacquainted to, to basketball really right now. Now you got a a big, um, I don't want to say scrimmage, but I guess it is more of a scrimmage with BHP coming up uh, yeah. this week. Yeah, we have a scrimmage with BHP on uh, Thursday, and and looking forward to that because they're sort of in the same boat we are. Um, you know, they're playing football right now, and so it'll be a a good chance to measure where you are right now versus versus someone else other than yourself, and also, uh, you know, our regular season is about three weeks away, so. Sort of gives you a little measuring stick. Gets in there. And you you built a, you're building off of a lot of progress that you had at the end of last year, um, a chance where you actually made the playoffs in that regard, something that hadn't happened in, in a little while in that regard. How does that transpose into this season? Well, you know, we uh, we finished fourth in the league. Uh, we were four and six. Um, was hoping to be at six and four, five and five. Uh, didn't happen, but we we were able to make the playoffs and, and lost to a really good undefeated North Augusta team. Uh, but that was that was good because we were able to get that experience. Got a lot of guys coming back. We did have five seniors, but we got a lot of, you know, our two leading scorers are back in uh, CJ Terrell and Jeremiah Brooks. So looking forward, uh, looking forward to seeing them uh, out there against uh, BHP. All right. And who are some of the other guys that you got on the team? Uh, you know, we got uh, Jenkins Shock, a senior who uh, he played last year. Um, also, um, as far as uh, underclassmen, uh, we uh, a lot of our guys, like I said, are out playing football right now. <laughs> um, you know, uh, Caden Spence played on our JV team last year, came up. So we're looking for big things from him. And, uh, you know, and then we've got, uh, you know, uh, Mel, um, Demarion Roman uh, will probably be a starter for us this year. Jay Duncan played as a uh, freshman last year on the varsity. And uh, Tristan Lewis was injured last year, but he played with us this summer. Uh, and, and did really well at times, uh, even though he had been been away from it for a year. Um, and uh, so we're just uh, looking to build on all that. And hopefully, you know, we've got a lot of games in December, I think 10, and uh, that'll take us into January. And uh, we start out with Lawrence, which will be a rivalry game. Hadn't played them in a couple of years. And then right into our conference schedule. When you look at, at the conference schedule, this this is one of the toughest regions, I would say, in 4A. Yeah, I mean, I, I think preseason we'll have at least two teams ranked in the top ten in the state uh, in Westside and, and Greenville. Greenville last year went to the uh, Upper State Championship game. Westside, I think, was 25-2. and two. Um, And we, we competed against both of them. Uh, Westside beat us by seven at their place. Uh, Greenville beat us by six here at our place. So we were able to stay in games, and I think that experience is going to help us a lot as we move forward. Um, we had our preseason meetings, our coaches' meetings. We were picked third, um, had two kids who were um, nominated for – 
preseason. We don't have like a technical preseason uh, all league, but two of our kids were in the top six in Terrell and, and Brooks. So uh, really excited about that. Uh, how is this team? Uh, well, you don't have them all together yet, but what do you expect from this team versus the, where they were last year? You know, I just we're we're much more skilled than where we were last year. Um, you know, they know the system, they know what we're trying to do. Um, I think that's important. Um, also, uh, you know, we were young. I mean, in a in a grand scheme of things, we did have five seniors, but even some of those seniors last year had not played a lot of varsity basketball. So we were young, and and then with CJ and Jeremiah being sophomores last year, you're trying to grow them into it. Jenkins Schock had, ne- had not played basketball since he'd been in high school. So he came in as a, as a junior, and so he's playing catch. So we were, we were a little playing catch-up last year. And, uh, you know, we've had a summer, and we had an open period in, in uh, April, and then we had the summer, and then we had an open period in, in uh, September. So it's, that's been good for us, um, the camaraderie and learning how to play together. That's what's important. And a lot of fun. Uh, when you talk to your coaches or your assistant coaches, uh, how have they reacted to this the start of the season so far? You know, I think we're we're all excited. Um, you know, but we're still trying to see where we are. We we need that measuring stick, and I think that's one thing you have scrimmages for is you can get a measuring stick. The other reason I like scrimmages is it allows you to play everybody and allows them to get some experience. The kids who hadn't played a lot um, that might be dressing with us on the varsity uh, just for these couple games before. JV before we get our, get our guys mm-hmm. and uh, that'll be great for them as they transfer down to, to coach Carter and hopefully have a really good year on our JV team <laughs> and you mentioned coach Carter is going to bring it up his enthusiasm at that J, JV level not only transposes there but it goes up to the varsity level as oh well. definitely I, uh, last year we were playing uh, White Knoll and he climbed the wall over here and I, I was behind the <laughs> bench so but it was a very exciting game we went on a buzzer so uh but yeah it's um he does a great job for us and just trying to, you know, bridge that gap between, you know, ninth and 10th grade and mostly 11th and 12th grade. It'd be better if we had a lot of older kids playing up. And, uh, you know, so hopefully we don't have to bring up the younger kids so quick. But uh, in the grand scheme of things, they get a lot of experience and excited about that. So as far as the recruiting, the, the kids coming in and out of the halls, uh, much more so this year than last year. Um, yeah, we've got a couple. Uh, you know, we've got a, a really good, ten, strong 10th grade group, just like football. Um, a lot of kids that, that, you know, just that's just a good group for us uh, all across the board and just excited about that. Awesome. Well, Coach, we can't wait for it to get started uh, here in about three weeks, as you said. We wish you the best of luck. Hopefully we'll talk to you again soon. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. So you have Coach Greg Russ, or Russ Greg <laughs> of the Greenwood Eagles. Uh, but he's he's much like Tad DuBose. I, I, I was ready to run through a trash can if, if I needed to or a wall <laughs> in that regard. But he's enthusiastic, ready to go um, and get this thing started. I got you another lined up. Do you? It's Mr. Danson himself, the JV man himself. <laughs> Mr. Carter. <laughs> um, the one thing I took from that, and, that I, and then it's on me because we were at a restaurant eating after the game Friday night, and he just simply takes and said, you and Tom do a great job of basketball. And I said, man, I don't want to hear it. I said, I mean, football. And I said, well, since you are texting me right now, and it, I didn't realize it, but it was like 11.30 or 12, but he was happy. He was texting. Yeah. He says, uh, I said, Tom asked me if it would be hard to just meet you at your place. What time's convenient? He said, 1 o'clock. At that point in time is when I set the reminder on my phone, and when it went off at like 1030, I was like, ooh, <laughs> forgot. I text you right away. I didn't know you were in Greenville, my bad. Or else I'd have called him well, and that's right. rescheduled it. But <laughs> I, I'm just taking some names now. We we now know who Mel is because he's Mel all over campus, and that's Demir Norman. Um, Tristan Lewis, Jay Duncan, who's the fourth football player that he's got coming? Was it Kamari Griffin? 
It's probably Griffin or KB. It may be KB because he played last year. But we know the size Duncan has, and we know Jenkins shock because we know his dad. Um, and then Tristan Lewis is probably going to be the ball handler. I mean, I, I couldn't see it any other way. And then you put you put Mel down low, man. He's he's a he's a pretty good sized dude. I mean, he was back to back with me. But now, like I said, when I turned around and looked, I couldn't see over his head. So Demary Roman's going to be he he's an athlete. Let's leave it like that. And. Um, I'm excited this year because, like you said, he was talking about region had three, but in North Augusta in our region? No, they are not. No. Oh, they're not in basketball? No. Okay. They're in that region four down there. That's, oh, that's right. They can stay down there. Because that's what I was thinking. I was like, hot. we only got West Side and Greenville, and I was thinking about North Augusta, but that's who we played last in year. In the playoffs. In the yeah. playoffs. So he's excited about this team, and like you said, I think they played today. That's the reason I went ahead and said, hey, can we talk to you on Wednesday? And Set a Thursday because he was going to be out of town anyway. Yeah, they got BHP today at six o'clock. Yeah, I think so it should be a, a, a good little group. Uh, and it does. It gets the the guys that we call we consider JB just because the varsity guys hadn't finished football. It moves them up enough to where they get really valuable experience playing basketball with the big boys. And I think you find a couple of players like that, like the kid he was talking about, the tenth grader out of the room in the hall. I mean, I don't know if that many got sent in detention. And he said, "Hey, what are you doing in detention for? I mean, you're gonna play basketball now, but." Um, I like the enthusiasm. I like that's what I say. How lucky is Greenwood to have a guy as an athletic like Sparky Hudson? Because every one of his coaches had the same attitude for the most part. They're all just fun loving, ready to go, ready to play. I mean, it's like now, 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 let's get it. And I mean that that just goes back to him and the culture he's building in every sport. Um, like I said, and the reason that I did schedule you this one first is because Coach Baker's been wanting to come on for a while. I'm like, wait a minute, let me get basketball first, then we'll get baseball. <laughs> and we still got to get Coach uh, Scruggs on. Uh, he uh, said they'd call him anytime, too. So yeah, we're going to we'll have, have him probably He wants to come here. Week. He wants to eat. He, he wants to eat. <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of what Baker said. He said, man, I, no, y'all, Tom didn't have to come to me. I'll come to y'all. So. And remember, Greg came to us last time. Yeah. So, But it's hard to get these guys away at lunchtime for interviews. But I appreciate you getting back for that real quick. And, and like I said, it. You did, as usual, did a really good job on your way back coming up what you were going to ask him. So, All right. Um, let's uh, – one more accolade that we've got to throw out there. Congratulations uh, once again to Owen Winnington. Um, what a season he had. The, the number of records that he has set at, at Greenwood Christian School. Um, just listen to this. The single game records he set, receiving touchdowns in a, uh, in a game five, uh, receiving yards in a game 268 to go along with that. Single season records uh, that he also set. His name's going to go by in the record books. Uh, 44 receptions, receiving touchdowns, total 17, and receiving yards, 1,223 for season. All of that. And it's going to be hard for anybody to duplicate that over the next coming years. Well, you take that 1,200 yards and divide it by what? 44 receptions? Mm-hmm. Uh, that that that's chunk yardage, yeah, brother. <laughs> Big time chunk yardage, and, and that's what everybody needs. We're gonna see it right here. You're gonna see oh, it on yeah. Max Preps because all season long he's pretty much led the cats, the categories with the Max Prep stuff. So when you can make the national list, those right there mean everything to to Greenwood yeah. Christian, and they are. They're gonna be records, gonna be hard to keep. And you can't forget the kids threw it to him. Kate, you know, Kate Heaton had a great year, and like I said, running back had a good year. And I mean, so Greenwood Christian overall had a really good football season. Twenty-seven yards a catch. That's chunk yardage. <laughs> I'm glad you did it there because I was thinking 30-something. Clemson and Carolina both could use those kind of numbers from a wide receiver. 
or the line blocking for him. So, I mean, like I said, it's been a really good year for them. And they were road warriors again this year. I mean, they traveled. I mean, you don't, it's not every, I mean, every day that you got to go to Orangeburg and Collin County and, and even Charleston to play the Savannah. Yeah, and Savannah to play Bethesda, which hadn't been beaten a couple of years anyway. So, um, really good season, man. Nothing, nothing to feel down about. So. Always a lot of fun. We're at Howard's on Main in Uptown Greenwood. Uh, you can come on by. They've got uh, live entertainment here, usually Thursday, Fridays, and Saturday nights. Um, I haven't seen the band come in as of yet, and I know we're pushing yeah, that 5 yeah. o'clock. They're going to be running <laughs> on stage pretty soon. <laughs> in so we'll find out. Uh, the Senators were here last week, and they may be back this week as well, a jazz band. Um, pretty good jazz band that uh, is out <laughs> of Lander University to go along with that. So, uh, But all kinds of live entertainment here at Howard's on Main. Great food, great staff, good hometown cooking. Um, as they like to claim here. And, of course, Howard Corley, uh, always, uh, you want to talk Clemson Tigers, you want to talk Greenwood Emeralds, uh, Greenwood Christian football, whatever. Um, he's open to just about any kind of sports talk. And he's catering everywhere there is, too, especially with the holidays coming up. Still here, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> does this thing from 5 in the morning until when we leave normally. Make well, sometimes sure we he's out, still so. here. Oh, yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's turn our attention now towards uh, – the college ranks, as we like to say. A lot of activity involved in and around the college ranks uh, in what is going on. And um, Let's start far, far – I can't talk. First and foremost, um, we'll talk football, and then we'll get into Lander and Erskine uh, and what they're doing um, as well. But uh, VMI is going to be taking on um, – <laughs> Furman University in this one. So Furman ranked number two in the nation as of right now. Uh, this is going to be uh, at Furman uh, of all places. I think it's a 1 o'clock game, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but this is going to be a matchup between re two really good quarterbacks uh, in uh, uh -uh. Well, Tyler Huff and, and the other is one. Huff L is Huff. Yeah, he's okay. Okay. Yeah, he's okay. He got hurt last. He got, he got hurt. hurt. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's I, okay. I thought I heard that he was playing. Okay. He, he's he's okay. playing. And then. Go ahead. We call yeah. it and Ironside. then you got Charlie Ironside uh, yeah. to go along with that. Um, you look at Huff, 1,489 yards, nine touchdowns, four interceptions. Ironside's got 1,222 yards, four TDs, and five interceptions to go along with that. That's what kills me. How have you got <laughs> that many passing yards? <laughs> What, 1272 or 1222? You got it. I right got 1222. Okay, I do too. And you got four touchdowns? Four touchdowns. And five picks? Mm -hmm. That's not, I mean, I would figure he'd probably have 10 or 12 touchdowns with those stats. But. Well, you, you got to look at their run. <laughs> their run game is unreal as well. I mean, they're rushing for, what, about 121 rushes a game right now? I, didn't get, I just put Hunter Rice in there because he's got 682 and he's got 10 touchdowns rushing. Yeah. And then, but the kid you got to look at, though, is Aiden Twimbley, or however you say his name. He's got 30 catches for 400 yards mm -hmm. <laughs> and three touchdowns. So, I just – I mean, I think defensively this is a better team. I mean, you look at the record four and five. I mean, you know what? I got to check by it. Just possibly would be chaotic. But, listen, I ain't going against them Dens and Clay Hendrick. <laughs> and especially if Huff is at 100%. And like they said on the news, he should be pretty close to it by game time. He, he's been taking a little bit of limited reps, but he's still doing the, the normal reps he goes through. So he should be all right. All right, so that's a 1 o'clock game. It'll be on ESPN Plus if you uh, <laughs> get a manage uh, to get that <laughs> in the process. That's, that's, that's one you got to hunt for. Um, PC, they're going to be on the road after a tough loss against San Diego at home last week. They get to go on the road to take on Drake, a 2 o'clock start in Des Moines, Iowa. Um, so that's, uh, what, 4 o'clock here? Something like that. 
Or and it's probably going to be a little chilly. Eastern, I'm sorry. You might ought to take some warm clothes with you if you're going out there. <laughs> oh, the moment you better take a Parker with or a heavy coat with you. And this is this is a game, and I have this is over here with a check too, Tom. I want you know I've been Tyler Wesley just had a really good year, but you can't look at his opponents, Luke Bailey, who's got 21-74 and 15 touchdowns and six picks. So. Tyler's going to have to want to have one of his better games. The thing that they – here's what I don't like about it. When you look up leading passers, Tyler Wessler. Leading rusher, Tyler Wessler for PC. So, we got to find somebody else other than that that can can run the ball, the ball and stuff like that. But, I mean, Wessler's got 10 touchdowns. He's almost got 500 yards rushing. So, I mean, he's definitely the kid. And then Dominic Kibbe is the one catching it. He's got right at 664 yards and four touchdowns as well. Um, and that's where I do see somewhat of an advantage there. But I, this – Three and six against six and three on the road. I mean, that's got to be one of my games I look at because I mean that 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 is definitely what you would call a chaotic if that happens, and especially that far travel. Yep. So long way to go. Uh, the other game uh, we need to talk about is Clemson. Uh, they're going to be at home. They get a really, really good Georgia Tech team that's coming in here Saturday, a noontime game. Uh, we got a lot of noontime games in the state of South Carolina this week um, at Memorial Stadium. Um, these folks don't know where Memorial Stadium is. They think it's in Berkeley, California. It's actually in Clemson, South Carolina. But it's going to be on ABC, so I'll get on ABC about that a little later on to let them know exactly where the real Memorial Stadium is located. You tried that with Dev Valley, remember? I know I did. And the guy said, look, Dev Valley in Clemson, that's Memorial Stadium. Dev Valley's in LSU. I was like, mm, I won't even call it that. But anyway, this is a big game. I mean, like I said, Brent Peace has done a great job at bringing a team in at five and four. Clemson's five and four. We thought it'd be a little bit better. The key to this team has been Haynes King, who transfers from A and M, um, and has really just found something he likes in the ACC. It could be lack of like defenses, like we see SEC, whatever you want to call it. But he's had a heck of a year, Tom. He's got right at twenty four hundred yards passing, twenty two touchdowns. He does have the ten picks, which that could help Clemson there, especially Jeremiah Trotter. And then you got Klubnik. He's just kicking along, man. He's two thousand. He's right at twenty one hundred yards, fourteen touchdowns, six picks. Got a running back now, Phil Moffat. Shouldn't be no question. You know, keep running that way and find another way to get get your man back in. If he if he is playing, I would figure. I think he's gonna play. But and I know Coach said the other day in his interview, um, people around here don't. You don't need to get amnesia because uh, with Shipley and in the backfield. We've won a lot of ball games. So it he gave you the impression that Shipley was gonna be playing this weekend. Yeah, but I think we'll see a heavy dose of Moffa uh, just kind of yeah. ease him back into this yeah. ball game once again. Mm-hmm. We got this is the one I look at here, and I look at receivers. And I mean, we know Bo Collins, we know Brendan Stewart, and I still think that's a guy you got to get in the offense. Too. I Brendan agree, Stewell. I agree, hundred percent. But I want you to watch. Um, I can't think of the kid's name now. Oh, Eric Singleton, he's a true freshman. He's out of Alabama. Um, he's got almost 400 yards receiving and four touchdowns. He's definitely the kid to watch, and like I said, he's a freshman. So, no telling what to expect from them other than that kind of play. And this was a game I was going to mark down. I said, but you know what? I, it can't be chaotic because they're both the same record and they're on the road. That would be the only way I could pick our Georgia Tech. It wouldn't be fair because, I mean, that's that's not chaotic enough. What's the spread on that game? Um, it was like four. 
was it four? I thought it was seven. over under is 55, and it's Georgia Tech plus 14. Yeah, so see that, well, yeah, I could yeah. pick that one. Well, and, if I went uh, the other way, it would be a, it would be chaotic if I picked Clemson, but how is that even possible? 60% chance of rain. Oh, well, I guess that's <laughs> I appreciate you telling me that. So, that. That would make sense there. So yeah. Well, now, Justice, it may be sleep. Well, because you're getting was, into the higher elevations when you're getting up there in the hole. And them hills, it could be. Yeah, yeah, this this game hasn't been – it's been lopsided, what, the last 10 years, yeah. 5, 10 Except years? for when Clemson went to Atlanta. Weird things always happen. <laughs> but Georgia Tech this year is a much, much better improved team over what they've been – in the past years, they've changed their offense. They're, they've got under, what the coach is in his second year. Second now, year, he's a defensive guy. So when you see a defense player, yeah, really. he's and he's gotten some transfers in to help him in needed positions because of the the offense that he wanted to run. Clemson had nobody there that could run that. I mean, Georgia Tech did not have the players he needed. They were run wishbone, you know play it in a phone booth offense, and now this guy's wanting to throw the ball around a little bit. So, yeah. Well, Georgia Tech's giving up 30 points a game, roughly. Uh, they're also scoring about 33 points a game, whereas Clemson's about 29 offensively, giving up about 21 defensively. Where it comes in, turnovers allowed. Georgia Tech has only allowed 14. Clemson's allowed 16. And turnovers forced. Georgia Tech 17. Uh, Clemson 15. So, those numbers, I, I mentioned them for yeah. a reason. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to be there. If you're a Tiger fan, you're hoping that that's more on the Georgia Tech side mm -hmm. on the turnovers f allowed versus the turnovers full forced. I mean, like this is a game. It's, I mean, you can about throw the coin if you want. But I'm going to tell you, Tigers at home. I mean, I like Brent yeah, Peace for what he's I, done. I would take Tigers at, Tech, at home. man, I really do. Easy. So I'm going to tell you, Tigers at home. But I think it's going to be a lot closer than what the Clemson folks would like for it to be. I'll definitely take the points, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, according to Tim Beck over at Coastal Carolina, they have a really good matchup against Texas State that's coming up. And he says, if you're in the area, you need to come, come to, to the, the stadium. stadium. <laughs> <laughs> you need to come to the game. He wants to have that stadium absolutely filled. And this game has a lot of significance because of the quarterback that's at Texas Tech, right? Yeah. Kid, kid's really good. He throws some really good normal, I mean, numbers. And they're coached well. I mean, so, I mean, this could be one of those games. This is when you should have a till out instead of a white out, just do a till yeah. out. But uh, the field's still enough, so that'd be tough to do. But but I think they they go to Texas State, don't they? I believe um, they do. Is it at? Uh, yeah, I, I was thinking it, it was, yeah. That's yeah. why I was. Matchup with but, Texas State. But Grayson, Grayson should be back this week. So, But we saw the third-team quarterback have an outstanding game last week. Hey, he just got an award. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> As a freshman. So... <laughs> All right, so it should be fun. Uh, we'll we'll follow that one, and that and that's one that I would like. Is to Is that choose. on one of them weird TV stations? That's probably one of them pluses or negatives. Or does or it say? I, it does it's not, not say. It's not on the NFL Network or the it is, come Armed on Forces Network or somewhere <laughs> that you can't get around here. <laughs> well, it was yeah, on NFL. Those, come on down, man. We'll one of those strange ones. To go I got the TV at the Town Hall going too, so we we'll have a there party. You go. There you go. <laughs> All right, uh, another game right there. Man, I'm going to have to have like seven TVs with all these games being at <laughs> noon and, and two o'clock to 2 o'clock. But uh, another noontime game, South Carolina. They get to host Vanderbilt. Only a 14-point favorite. This is the closest this matchup has been point-wise from the folks down there in Vegas uh, in in a while um, when you look at it. It's going to be on the SEC Network, so you'll be able to see it uh, as well. But noontime on Saturday. Well, I think this is one of those games – 
Carolina should win the game. Just uh, Vanderbilt offense is so beat up. They're, they're, they're quarterback issues. I mean, they they played him. They, they, I think they're on their third one now. But defensively, what Vanderbilt does do is create turnovers. So Carolina's got to be ball secure. And uh, this is not – the Vanderbilt of old. Now, don't 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 take that in the wrong way. They, they've got some players on that team, but and this is the first week. Hey, this is the second week in a row this season. We will start the same five offensive line, just for the second time this year. So, and after last week's game, that should have gave them a lot of confidence. Uh, I'm talking about the linemen now. Those five playing together. I think and this was a I think this was a rough week for uh, for South Carolina and the as a players because I think when you and you you took you know, took me to uh, the interview on Wednesday mm-hmm. with uh, with Coach Beamer and, and them saying that uh, we're not satisfied. I mean, yeah, it was a win, but it was an ugly win, ugly and, win. and we don't want them, you know wins a win, yeah, but we want to be better than that. Yeah. We want you know, and I think it was harder on the players this week. The coaches were in order to get them to that that next step. And that was but, where I needed to go because, like I said, Sunday was about the fan base. You just got to understand a win's a win. And then in a couple of days he realizes, but it's not where we need to be in. We're playing like we are a three and six team or whatever we are. And, I mean, we got to change that. It is on us and it is on me. And, and you know, that means a lot. And that, that's what I've been waiting on all year for him to say. And, I mean, like I said, I told you at Touchstone Club, and I may get on Carolina for a lot, but passion – for him as a coach, I can't ever doubt the passion and love he has for these players. But just got to get a little bit better game in, game out. And that's where you do. And, I mean, you're playing a team that's 2-8. and eight, But they, you know what is unique about Vandy Stan? They have two quarterbacks that have over 1,000 yards passing. A.J. Swan got hurt. And he, he had over 1,000 in the first five games. Ken Seals has come in the last five games, and he's got a thousand now. I mean, they're still throwing the same amount of picks and stuff, but uh, definitely a game we should win. But I still, I want this to be the game that we let Mario get it twenty times. I, I would like to say that too, but I look at uh, X Man. I don't think anybody on that Vanderbilt defense can cover him man to man. Nobody's been able to do it all year. I just don't expect to see that, so I expect him to have a game. Uh, Amari Brown is back. Uh, he seems to be at full health. Juice Wells is running still probably. They're not saying he's going to play or he's not going to play. Coach says, I don't know. If you don't know, it's 70% because you're not yeah. to the line yeah. where you can be picked but, up enough. Uh, they did say that uh, Knox is a possibility that he won't play. He will go with the team probably in dress, but they're trying to give him another week to get over the bumps and bruises. And Simon played well last week. Simon played at, well at the at tight end. So, and it may be that we see both a double tight end set with both of them. And I'm thinking about Nick Harbor. Yeah, I'm thinking about sooner or later, man. This is a game. It's a game that he should be. His matchup should be. He's number one, and everybody else is number two on that team. So yeah. I'd like to see that. So. All right. Uh, so that leads us. To the next uh, fun segment here, and that is Chris's chaos. Boy, this has been a hard <laughs> week, man. Hey, give out a coast. It is at home, Stan. By the way, is it? and they're okay. playing. It's Grayson McCall and T.J. Finley from LSU that went to Texas State. That's why I coach. I mean, uh, Beck was talking about get there for that game because y'all remember 
Finley was really good. He's got 2,500 yards fast, 18 touchdowns, five picks. His numbers are a lot better, but, you know, Grayson's going to be fine. Um, the chaotic games this week, we're going to keep it easy. I, I didn't even consider this. I'm going to let Sean leave first because I know they're big, these guys are big Georgia fans. But, Greg, when, when Gurley came up to me at Touchdown Club, I hadn't thought about it. And I was like, you know, they're playing Ole Miss. They're home. And then I thought, you know, that's Jackson Dart, the old the old Southern Cal quarterback. They got Quinshawn Jukins is a really good running back. I mean, could this be a game that they could challenge George on in the game? And, I mean, I, the one thing I think about is the, the slow starts at Georgia that could really hurt them. All in all, they're a lot better football team, but you only need that one quarter, that second quarter, to put you over that hump. And I'm, I'm going to go ahead and do it. I'm going to pull the trigger, man. I'm going to take Ole Miss in this game. I just think that I think that the coach right there, he is just crazy enough to try anything to win this game. Uh, and that's one thing about Ole Miss, man. I want to be wrong because, I mean, I, I'd really well, like to see it continue to go. Well, but, you know, Lane's already started. Well, Lane, Lane starts everything. Lane, so. Lane, Lane tried to text. Kirby the other night, and Kirby wouldn't text me back. That's smart. And, and Lane got Lane got upset about it because Kirby wouldn't just talk to him. Well, he also hit him with another thing. And I, if if you're, that's the thing about Lane. Why why poke the bear? Just had been yeah. beaten a couple years, but he said something about I hate that Brock's not playing. I mean, Oscar Delt is going to be he's going to be right behind Brock Bowers. I'm just yeah. telling you right off the bat. And I mean, I, that's the one reason I cry every time I think about Delt going to Georgia instead of Carolina. But like I said, I am going to pull the trigger with that one. The other one's not really an upset to me. I'm going to take Penn State at home over Michigan. That is number three against number like twelve. Um, but like I said, Drew Aller's done exceptional. He has 20 touchdowns and one pick. And this Penn State defense is for real. J.J. McCarty's a great player. We know Blake Corum's probably going to get 200 in the game rushing. And so that's the other one. And then but there's a lot of outside issues going around Michigan program <laughs> right now. <laughs> that's too. always the case. And we don't have time for all that. And the last one's for Stan Spivey. I'm going to take Kentucky at home over Alabama. Oh, I'm gonna no. tell you, I, I, Alabama just wins, brother. Devin O'Leary. Yeah, no, I'm gonna take it because I mean Devin O'Leary. I mean Ray Davis. The only team that has shut them down, shut Ray Davis down, is Georgia. No other, they hadn't shut, and nobody else has got him down. He's got 148 carries, over a thousand yards already. And I mean, I, Bama's defense is really good. I still not sold on Jalen Milrow. Well, I'm not either, but uh, you know, a lot of people wasn't sold on some of these other quarterbacks that have been through there. That didn't go to the pros like the last four or five have done. But you look at McCarron and some of those other guys back in the day, it will just don't lose the ball game for me. Stan's going to make the last pick for me. Stan, we got Tennessee at Missouri. Tennessee at Missouri. I'm going to take Missouri. I'm going to take Missouri, too. So, anyway, that, that was pretty quick today. I mean, like I said, I, I hope I'm wrong about a couple. But I just – of all the games, until I see Georgia start fast – I just they worry me, especially when they're on the road. So I mean, yeah. they're home this weekend, but we'll see. That was for Greg though, because he did come right up to me at Touchdown Club and asked me. I guess you're going with them, and I did. So <laughs> Greg will be happy with it. All right, uh, we got to get on out of here. So I'm going to save uh, the Lander stuff. We got uh, congrats to the. Uh field hockey team. We'll talk about them on Monday. They ended up beating the Sand Sharks. They'll go in a, a little further in the semifinals of the Peach Bell Conference. We'll get into that. Men's Rugby at Lander ended up playing their final season game. We'll tell you how that ended up, uh, as well as uh, men's wrestling getting underway. Get started all this weekend as well. So we'll uh, hit all of that pretty hard to start things off on Monday's edition of the Lakeland Sports Guys. Hope you enjoyed it. For Chris Cox, that's Stan Spivey. I'm Tom Carroll. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the games.